All right. What you need to know is being brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Sedano's out. Beto's in. And Lindsay Baseball has what we all need to know. And then we're putting Slee on the spot. Ah, <laughs> oh, Lindsay. Wait a second. We lost Lindsay Baseball. We had her. We lost her. Cappy, all I know is that the comments in the circle, the comments on YouTube, and the text messages I'm getting about you in Houston <sighs> All right, so what you what you need to know we go. before we get to sleep is that I don't know if you guys have been following this whole Gwyneth Paltrow ski trial, but it is over today. Okay, she was found not liable in the civil trial in which a retired optometrist alleged that she crashed into him on a ski slope. Mm-hmm. An eight-person jury awarded her the $1 that she was seeking in a countersuit over the 2016 collision on a Deer Valley ski slope in Park City, Utah. Mm-hmm. Paltrow claimed that the man slammed into her And the defendant said that he sustained four broken ribs and a concussion and that it affected his brain and therefore every aspect of his life, including his relationships with others. But the jury sided with Paltrow. So not only is this this man not getting the $300,000 that he's suing her for, she wins a dollar because that's all she wanted in return after the jurors found that specifically the man was 100% at fault and that he had caused harm to little Gwyneth. So that's all over. Made a lot of great memes on the Internet. Um, so yeah, that that was a fun one. It's always uh, tough, Beto. Like when you go skiing or snowboarding, you know, there's thousands of people on the mountains of all different skill yeah. levels. Oh yeah. Some people are drinking booze. Some people are smoking weed. Um, some people can't ski or snowboard. It mm-hmm. is so freaking dangerous out there. Yeah. So, you know. And you have young kids flying all over the place, and then as soon as you find out, oh my neck, my back, my neck, and my back, because it's Gwyneth Paltrow, then uh, yeah, we're gonna sue. Interesting. I didn't hear. I didn't hear about that. That wasn't on the Foos Gone Wild beams. So yeah, there was, was a lot of really funny like drawings about it. On like like they were showing the courtroom drawings and stick figures of how the uh, like how the collision occurred, and it was it was just funny. It made for some good internet humor for a couple days there. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, there you go. That's what we all needed to know. That this Gwyneth Paltrow Gwyneth Paltrow thing is over for a buck. What you need to know is being brought to you by Morago Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than ninety minutes from where we are. All right, is Slee on the spot, ready to roll? There he is. Slee, good afternoon. What's going on, guys? Well, I don't know if you were listening a few moments ago, but I've got a real <laughs> dilemma going on here now. <laughs> no, you don't. Have you heard about this, Slee? I have not. What's the dilemma? Jim Nance offered me two courtside seats for the Final Four game on Saturday. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's Thursday afternoon. And the game's on Saturday, and I'm trying to figure out a way to get there to uh, to be there. And as Beto points out, it's not just about going to the game. It's that if Jim Nance gives me these two tickets and I don't show up, I mean, he had a million other people that needed these tickets, and he's given them to me. So now I, I feel like I, I feel like I got to go. So I think uh, I'm with Beto here. There's not really much to talk about here. I think you do have to go. I think the beauty is you don't have – you know, random randomness of San Diego State University is in the Final Four. Um, I don't think this is much of a dilemma. I think you're in an unbelievable predicament. I, I think most people wish they were in the same predicament. See what wishes tomorrow from LAX. <laughs> I'm leaving tomorrow tomorrow night from LAX at 11 p.m. We arrive at 4:15 a.m. Central in Houston. Cap, come on with. Let's go. No, uh, Alan. He also has a spot yeah. on a PJ. Mm-hmm. Well, I only have one spot on the PJ, and I really need two, Slee. You got one? Um, Cap, you got, man, you got connections, bro. <laughs> you, are you, are in, you are in a fantastic position here. Uh, you are in a great position here. All you got to do now is just say, Jim, of course I'll be there. All right. Now, does he take Rachel or his daughter? who's coming from Tulane, who's going to be connecting in Houston? Um, does Rachel care to go? Or well, I mean, Slee, like, like you, she's a, she's, a San, forever. No, she's a San Diego State alum like you. She barely brought a T-shirt, man. Yeah, she just and, became a fan. And his daughter like told him, Dad, I want to go. Yep. Yeah, but that's only because she's like looking to do something. Like She's not a San Diego State fan. She's well, not a basketball no, fan. Matter. Rachel it's isn't like, either. It's well, she... a great moment for you and your daughter. All right, Slee, you're on the spot. What do I do? All right, so Rachel went to San Diego State University. Mm-hmm. Um, she really, really wants to go. And then your daughter just is looking for a 
father daughter moment. Is that she's, safe to say? Yeah, she's That's just kind like, of a hey, good description there. Yeah, she's just like, I'm coming home and I'm st- I'm laying over in Houston. This works out perfectly. I'll meet you there. And then I'm like, yeah, but then, also, yeah, also throw in the caveat that the private jet only has one seat. Right. So then, right. Cap, if if right. he took his daughter, he could get on the private jet, have his daughter meet him there on her layover, and everything's solved. What do you think about all this, Slee? You're on the spot. Bro, that's a lot. There's a lot going. I feel like everybody's. I feel like everybody's leaning towards the daughter on this. Do you one. think? I think yeah. the, the the pressure the pressure is you got to go with the daughter. Yeah. Why choose blood? Let's just say let's Scott. Let's just pretend here and just let's say that um, you break the news to Rachel that hey, I'm taking my daughter. What happens after that? Like, what is she? He's getting a Murphy what is bed. Her feeling going to be? <laughs> I I don't know, Slee. I Slee. I I want to do it all. That's just it. Is it? I don't want to have. I don't want to pick one or the other. I want both. Oh, don't be greedy, man. Wait. Or just be like my boy who just sent me a text, and I'm not going to say his name. He said, leave the daughter and the girlfriend behind. Kaplan, Luce, and H-Town? Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> but you, doesn't Rachel have a wedding on Saturday, too? Well, we were supposed to go to a wedding on Saturday. Okay, but whose wedding is it? Is it her wedding? It's that her, you... her friend's. Okay. Oh, oh, see? Again, she got to go to the wedding. Forget this. Hey, forget yeah. this. Hey, Sliwa, what happened to Anthony Davis yesterday? Where'd he come from? <laughs> I'm done with this San Diego State stuff, man. Real quick, I I, I still have one more question here. So (gasps) is she... Is she going to the wedding no matter what? Or now this is all based off of your decision, Kat? Yeah, no, no. Now it's like, hey, if we can go down to Houston and be there for the game, she's willing to blow off the wedding, too. Mm. But that Mm. was her wedding. Mm. That you you were going to. Yeah, but you know, there are like 120 people invited and 20 people have already bailed because they're all going to this game. That's not that's not a you problem. That's the wedding problem. Right. That's, yeah, that's kind of funny. Like reschedule your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Slee. I don't know. I'm with I'm with Beto. Yeah, Beto. I think I'm with you now. Now I'm ready for Anthony Davis. I feel stressed yes. out from this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know you. Think about how I feel, Slee. How bad is it that I want to talk Lakers right now on Dodgers opening day? I want to get rid of this right here. So for real, where did Anthony Davis come from? Uh, where did he come from? Um, okay, think about this. They play the same team. They play the Bulls on Sunday. Mm-hmm. They play the Bulls on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his two stat lines from Sunday and you look at his stat line from Wednesday, you would say, oh, okay, yeah, so these are completely two different players. Nope, it's the same exact player. Um, where did he come from? Uh, man, this is Anthony Davis. He's going to have two of those in a row where you're like, wow, Anthony Davis, just unbelievable. Look at him. He's getting to the free throw line. He's aggressive. He's demanding the ball. Two block shots, two this, all that. And then he's going to have a game where he had 17-9, and nine and you're asking yourself, where did Anthony Davis go? Um, this is kind of who he is. I, I hate to say it, right? Like, I, I wish AD was more consistent. I wish you can just walk into a game and say, well, there's 28-14 and 14 before the game even starts. That's what I know he's going to have. And unfortunately, that's not who he is. If he was, he'd do it on a more consistent basis. So, Beto, to answer your question, tomorrow against the Minnesota Timberwolves, he could have 35 and 15, or he could have 19 and 9, and I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah. Hey, Slee, um, uh, you know, pre trade deadline, everybody thought the Lakers stunk. Then they made all these trades, and, and the national media started to say things like they've got everything height, width, speed, shooting, you know, and then all of a sudden LeBron got hurt, and everybody's like, well, you know, if LeBron comes back, I'm getting to the point that we've been going through these waves. The, f- the starting five that I saw last night, I don't see any reason why this team, with that starting five, if everybody's healthy, that this team could actually do something in these playoffs. Even if they have to play in, which it looks like they're going to have to do, I actually think, given the West, and if this team gets right and healthy, these guys could make noise in the postseason. Am I out of my mind after just one game? No, I, I don't think you're out of your mind, but I think there's... You know, I heard Windhorse earlier today talking about look how dangerous the Lakers can be, all that stuff. You're not listen, that's a it's a good starting lineup. It is. I, I'm not here to I really, really like you got Austin Reeves who's got his own role, what he's gonna do. Jared Vanderbilt, I'll go get rebounds, I'll play defense. A D could have a night like Beto you were just mentioning. LeBron LeBron looked healthy yesterday. I think that was my biggest fear is does Braun look okay or um or is he just basically out there playing seventy percent of what he is just trying to see what he can do. And D'Angelo had a good game as well. I would just say that you got six games left. 
They got a big game coming up against Minnesota tomorrow. Um, to do it against the Chicago Bulls on one night against a team that's four games below 500. I know, I know Bulls beat the Lakers, you know, on, on Sunday. I would just say, instead of getting overly excited, let's see what they do over this stretch. Because yesterday was the first time that starting lineup has ever played together. So get a little bit larger of a sample size. That doesn't mean don't be optimistic. That doesn't mean that's not a good starting lineup. It's let's, let's let these six games play out before we, you know, really look at this team and say, watch out, West, you know, the Lakers are coming. I'd, I'd like to wait through these six games first. Sliwa, this dude just said the Lakers have a big three now. Austin Reeves is the big three. What do you say? Um, Thank you. I love me some Austin, I, I love Thank me you. Some Austin Reeves. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not a big three. It's not. But I, I'm – I love Austin Reeves. The yeah. dude is so easy to root for. Every bring him off the bench, make him a starter. It doesn't matter. Austin Reeves is going to find a way to contribute. But the big three is really the big two. Even D'Angelo, people are trying to make a case that D'Angelo was. It's it's the big two, and then all these other guys. Nah, man. Now nah, Austin Reeves, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James. That's the new Laker big three. It can be. Is there like a two and a half? Can we get a two and a half? Something like that? <laughs> now you sound like Cappy trying to get, negotiate everything. <laughs> oh, hey, Slee, um, I may be calling you later to discuss. No, getting you're on not. That Leave the guy eye. alone. Leave him alone because you know? he's going to the game. He has a hotel. He figured things out. He stepped it up. He manned up, and he's gone. Leave him alone. Let him enjoy it. Okay, I may need to call you later, no, Slee. Block him. <laughs> block him, Slee. For, for the amor de Dios, block him. <laughs> All right, Slee. Okay, good luck this I, I weekend. Hope, Cap, I hope. I hope if you reach out, that you're telling me that hey, I will be there on Saturday and I will be sitting courtside and uh, it'd be amazing. It'd be Cap. I don't. I know. I don't have to tell you, but it's a cool moment for San Diego. Let's see hey, what happens. Hey, hey, by the way, Cappy. Yep. Uh, Slee was taking the Comrex. He's doing his show from Houston. Ooh. No excuse for you not to do a show. On Monday? Yes. Oh, no, but I plan on being back. I can't, I can I have a commitment at Yamava on Monday to hang out with Gary Payton and Sedano at the 909. I'm, gonna, I'm done with you. Slee, well, I miss you. I miss you, man. Slee, I'm a commitment Slee. guy. Slee, can you do four to seven with me next week? Slee, I'm a commitment <laughs> guy. What can I tell you? I made a commitment. Yeah, okay. Okay, so. I, I get that whole thing. I'm in it for the – I'm coming back Tuesday morning. I'm... See? He didn't want to deal with you anymore. That's the end of it. He's he didn't want to deal with you anymore. He's out of here. He's exactly. done. All right, stick around. Coming up. Dodgers. I want to talk about the Dodgers no, thank you. and the Diamondbacks, but I also would like to talk about this ridiculous story that's going on with the Angels, which, Beto, I saw uh, you comment on last yeah, night. Yeah, I want to yeah, get yeah. to this. Mm-hmm. It is opening day. Let's talk some Dodgers because Blake Harris will be here later this hour. Stick around. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You know, I, I did take tremendous pride in having a very sharp pencil in high school. I liked one of those long, yellow, brand new, number two, Ticonderoga kinds of pencils with a nice, really fresh eraser that yeah. smelled all good, that pink eraser. With the green around the good. corner? Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Hey, did you play Pencil Break? You mean like where you try and break the dude's pencil in half? Like yeah, you, you get yeah. a pencil, each of you holds it, and then you play pencil brick, right? Yes, I, I, I would play yeah. that game, yes. You are nice. Were you any good? Um, I feel like I was pretty good. Pretty, Some. pretty good. Yeah, the Ticonderogas were good to have. They, they, they were a little thicker. 
Those are good pencils, yeah. right? The LUSD, we had those really dark blue ones in elementary. Oh, mm-hmm. those, those were not breaking, man. That, that was a whole log. You had no problem here. But pencil break, you're legit. All right, I'll give you credit there, Cappy. You know, uh, pencils nowadays, which you know are pretty rare to find, but they're all those kinds that have the eraser on the top that you go click, 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 and then it brings out the lead down at the bottom, but that lead always breaks. Yeah, yeah. No. I don't, I mean, I don't really, I don't really write stuff. Yeah, lead pencil, yeah. Yeah. I don't really write stuff anymore, but uh, if I did, I I do like a a nice pencil, you know, with a sharp tip. What up, Cappy? You know what I'm saying? Hey, uh, Beto, so so baseball is underway. Let's go. Let's go. Started early this morning Mm -hmm. with the uh, Giants and the Yankees. Yeah. And we'll end up tonight with the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. Nice. And I know, you know, you were saying yesterday that you were feeling pretty confident about the Dodgers still winning the division, but you got to admit that going into this season, as people are driving into Dodger Stadium right now, there are a lot of question marks on the Dodgers this oh, year. Oh, absolutely. Much more so than in years past where they were the obvious dominant force of the NL West. Yeah, they're not the favorites to win the West, uh, without a doubt. The, you know, the, your Padres are the favorites, and they should be. They spent a bunch of money. They have a better rotation. The reason I am optimistic about the Dodgers, and it's not because of the Dodgers roster, that the way they're built, I am pessimistic about your Padres. And this is just pure gut. It's a lot different, Cappy, when you're the hunted. It's a lot different when you get the bullseye on the back. For years, your Padres have been the one chasing the Dodgers. They've been the one fighting. They've been the gutty little team. And if they come up short and get a wild card, that's cool because the Dodgers were the big stack team. Now the roles are reversed. How are you going to react when you're the one that is the favorite? How are you going to react when you're the one that everybody's chasing? So that's why I'm bullish on the Dodgers right now, and I'm a little worried about your pods because are they front runners or are they legit contenders? What are they going to be? Good question. Mm-hmm. Very good question. Solid. I mean, listen, you know, you look at a guy like Juan Soto, mm-hmm. who's the oh, no, no, favorite. No, 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 no. We're not doing Padre talk. We're bringing, no, no, but hold on. Bring here's it to my the Dodger. point. Bring it to the here, Dodger here's side over here. Point. Here's this is my point. This is where you say, hey, yeah, I get you, but the Dodgers have Julio Urias. Yeah, but I don't like to be told what to do, so I just oh, do what I do. Oh, really? Thing. Yeah, I just do my mm-hmm, own thing. Mm-hmm. I just do my own let's thing. Let's go. Let's go. But here's the thing. You got a guy who is one of the favorites to win the NL MVP coming off, really, what was a pretty subpar year. Yep, better deliver. So, right. So that's my point is that I actually don't think you're that far off. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that if you're Dave Roberts, you're actually going to manage this year. You know, you're actually going to. Yeah, you can't just put a lineup and they're going to deliver for you. Right. There are so many question marks with the Dodgers right now. Yeah, you're going to put guys on base and you're going to have to move guys around base. And you're not going to just be, you know, this this amazing all star team that shows up everywhere. I mean, they're down, when you think about the shortstop position, the Dodgers, for example, over the last two years, to go from Corey Seager to Trey Turner to now, Miguel you're really Vargas. on, but, but who, who's like your fourth guy? Uh, Vargas' gold glove caliber defense, not going to hit much for you, but that's kind of what you had in Cody Bellinger, too. Great great defense, but wasn't going to hit much for you. But Vargas, you know, he's second tour with the Dodgers, he'll be solid uh, in in the middle of the, the, the but he wasn't expected to be your starting shortstop is all I'm saying. So no. you you yeah were the going, Dodgers you see what they're doing. They're but, they're trying to save money to go. I know, but what I'm saying is is that the point is is that I think that there are a lot of legitimate questions about mm-hmm. the Dodgers coming into this season, yep. and I would say that there's probably less confidence that they're going to be as good or anywhere near as good as they were. Certainly not last year. I mean, 111 wins, but I think your point about now that they're not the favorites, this kind of gives them an opportunity to to go hunt, to your mm-hmm. point. And, I, and listen, the whole thing about the Padres, you may be right. I mean, look, they're, one of their star pitchers, Musgrove, got hurt before he, the season's even started by dropping a weight on his toe. Their other starting pitcher, Hugh Darvish, is not built up because of the World Baseball Classic. They're starting Blake Snell tonight, their third guy. I, I don't know. I mean, they, they're not going to get Tatis back until middle of April. I'm not so sure. It's going to be a good race. It's going to be a good race. And the Dodgers with Julio Urias as your starter tonight. And one of the cool things is, Cappy, you know, I like to throw this out here. Urias is starting for the first time in his career on opening day or opening night. Uh, The second Mexican-born player to do that. The other one being, of course, Fernando Valenzuela. So it's cool to see Urias get an opportunity. But the Dodgers are going to have a lot of questions this year with Urias. Is this going to be the last time you see him start on opening day in a Dodger uniform. Like 
the Dodger social media account uh, caught him coming out of uh, his car, walking to the clubhouse, mm-hmm. and you see some of the comments like, "When are we going to talk to this guy?" There's going to be no hometown discount from Julio Urias. If why, he would knows, he give, why would he give anybody a hometown discount? Because you know how fans are. But no, this guy is going to go and deal, and he's going to deliver, and he's a Boris client. He's going to wait to the end of the year to get the highest bidder. So yeah. As he should. It, yeah, exactly. You know, he should. But but he, you know what? Let me tell you something. Let me give you the flip side of that. You guys always tell me about how brilliant Andrew Friedman is. Mm-hmm. If you're Andrew Friedman, this is a player. And by the way, not just not just from a baseball perspective, but from you know a community perspective, the Dodgers should never let this guy go. In other words, the Dodgers should try and make a a, a reasonable, although excessive, because that's what he's going to get on the open market deal, to keep this kid here. There's there's so many reasons. He's a great pitcher. He's your number one. You got a lot of question marks around this pitching staff. No Walker Bueller this year. Tony Gonsolin is already hurt and yeah. is going to start that way. You got to figure uh, out Dustin D- May where Dustin he's May, at. Right. Who knows if Noah Syndergaard is going to be any good this year? I mean, seriously, th- there are a lot yep. of questions. Here's your constant right now on the Dodgers pitching staff Julio Urias. If they don't sign him for multiple reasons, not just purely baseball. It's a ginormous mistake by the Dodgers. Yeah, that's a that's a whole other conversation. We can have that every single time he comes out and pitches. And, you know, Julio's going to be the rock for you. You saw the way he pitched in the World Baseball Classic coming back. So that's going to be fun to see him. And he's, what, 26? Going to be 27 years old, I believe. So it, when he hits that open market, prime years, he's going to get that 10-year, 9-10-year nine, nine, uh, contract. So good for him. Get paid, homie. Get paid. Damn yes. right. Damn yeah, right. But that, for everybody. You, know, you, uh, you have a guy in the rotation, um, Grove. Who uh, from West Virginia? That's he's going to be on the roster because Pepio is hurt. So you, you're going to hear some names in the Dodgers roster this year. You're like who? What? And then they're going to do something. Like, and, and, and Andrew Freeman now he's been a decade with the Dodgers. He knows what he has to go through because this didn't just come out of nowhere. They they purposely didn't do certain things in the offseason. Not resigning Justin Turner. You get it. He's 37, 38 years old. It'll be bringing JD Martinez. How will he perform? You know, is Chris Taylor going to come back? That's why I can't wait to listen to the Blue Review. You know, Bergman's show hit along with Clinton Yates. So that's going to be fun, man. All right. Yeah, I'm psyched for those Dodger two guys. To talk Dodger baseball every single day. Yeah. I love man. that. It's great. Yeah. Hey, um, did you see this story? I know you did because I saw your tweet last night about how the Angels mm. are not going to travel a radio broadcast team. So in other words, you know, you can drive down the road if you were an Angels fan and you could listen to an Angels radio broadcast. But the broadcasters won't actually be on site. So if the Angels are playing the A's, the broadcasters are either in a studio at Angel Stadium, I presume, or, I mean, during COVID, people learned how to broadcast games from home. But the Angels are one of only two teams in all of Major League Baseball that won't travel a radio broadcast team. And here's the end-all, be-all to get this thing started, which is, you just look cheap, period. <laughs> You're a major league baseball club that is ranked as the seventh most valuable organization in all of MLB, according to Forbes and this list that was just recently announced. You're nearly a $4 billion franchise. You have a $400-plus-million-dollar player on your franchise. you got the best player on the planet on your franchise. You can't travel a radio broadcast team? Yeah, you so th- just come off looking low-ass rent. And especially when you were talking about selling the team. And the story that was in The Athletic uh, said it was a cost-cutting move. And if you added the numbers, I think it was less than half a, half a mil. Uh, so Terry Smith and Mark Lanston, who do an excellent job on the Angels radio broadcast, they didn't travel last year either. And this was something that came during COVID when nobody was traveling. And then once the restrictions were eased, teams went back. The Blue Jays decided last year also not to travel their team. The, actually, the Blue Jays went to a one-man booth. That's how cheap the Blue Jays are. But mm-hmm. everybody in Toronto knows that Rodgers, that's what they do up there. They try to cut, cut money as much as possible. Now, is radio a medium that baseball, are people really listening in the car? Not as much, but it's also people are listening on the app. Now, to do baseball properly and to give it justice, to do it from a studio, it is absolutely Hard. I've done games like this, um, whether it's a college game, you know, and you know that it's a game that's being streamed, a small conference. It's hard to do, right? It to do a major league game. Come on now, that's just a disrespect to your broadcaster. Also, well, that's, that's I do boxing fights that 
I'll do like the international broadcast for it. I go to a studio and I do it. But I'm the international voice, probably not that many people listening. But the fight might be in Russia or it might be in South America. I understand that. But you're going to tell me that you can't have your guy go to Oakland? Well, but, but Beto, here's, Beto, here's the thing. Well, because the hotels and the per diems add up. Yeah, but, but listen, if you were driving down the road and you were listening to a radio call of a baseball game and the broadcasters didn't tell you, hey, um, we're actually in Anaheim, we're not in Oakland, if they didn't tell you that, you might not necessarily know. True, uh, but, true. But what I, I can but, see the but, argument side, but, but it's going to be all, a generic broadcast, right? But all, but all I'm trying to say is this: is that you're a major league club. That's mm-hmm. all. Okay. Exactly. Every other major league club travels their team. Okay. And listen, the, the broadcasters might be no. This is great for us. We don't have to schlep. We don't have to travel. No. I wouldn't think so. No. I think they'd want to be there mm-hmm. because one of the best things about being a broadcaster is when you go down to the field at, during BP, you talk to the teams, you talk to the scouts, you talk to this. Now, this is a common practice with the spanish broadcast this is uh it happens all the time i believe the marlins the diamondbacks uh and the dodgers travel their teams this is but the rest of the teams that have spanish their dudes stay back because they're cheap that's all it is it's cheap hey better listen for years literally for 20 years i traveled doing nfl football games when covid hit they stopped doing the sideline commentator they just brought it back for the playoffs this past year. It's been three years. But they, that's, they, a, that's they, a luxury, not a necessity. I, it, no, no, there's no doubt. It is a luxury. It, and and a broadcast team might be a luxury if you're the Pirates or you're the Reds or <laughs> uh-huh. you're the Tampa Bay Rays or the Oakland A's. You know, if you're one of these small market, small money teams, that's fine. But when it. you're the seventh most valuable franchise in baseball and you want to call yourself the LA Angels when we all understand they're in Anaheim... That just makes your you're organization cheap. look cheap. That's you're, all. You're the only team in the United States not traveling and in your in LA. You're cheap. You're in Orange County. You're cheap. You're on the West Coast. Yep. Cheap. And That's you're it. saving what a player's gonna get in per diem? It's it's really honestly, it's organizationally, unfortunately, embarrassing. It's also a lack of respect to your professional broadcasters. Like yeah. Terry Smith has been there since two thousand and two. So this will be his twenty first year with the organization. And Terry does a great job. For many years, Terry worked by himself because they were cheap and didn't want to pay an analyst. They finally got Mark Langston, and you hear it. It's fantastic. They do a great job with it. Uh, But last year with their TV, in order to appease Matt Vesgurgeon from the MLB Network, he was doing the TV broadcast from home or the MLB Network's in Jersey. Like Finally, they realized, hey, this isn't going to work, and Patrick O'Neill stepped up, and great for my friend Patty O to get opportunity to do those games. But, yeah, you when people try to save money, that's when it comes out expensive. They say, it's, it's, saying in Spanish, get but it's, lo barato it's so, cuesta. Like the cheap stuff is going to cost you. It's so cheap. I mean, we're talking about pennies when we're talking about a major league franchise that's worth $4 billion. Stick around, everybody. Radio Tinder is coming up. Blake Harris right around the corner to talk some Dodgers opening day. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks, Christopher. I mean, it's, it's it's a song that's so bad, it's almost good, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of like a one of those type of deals. I'm trying yeah. to think of a similar like blame it on the rain. It's so bad, it's good, oh, right? I, I was thinking more like the Super Bowl shuffle, like it was kind of a sports related theme song. You know, done. It's kind of cheesy, you know. And there's anyway, no rain yeah. at Dodger Stadium. The sun is out, man. We're playing, baby. We're playing. Yeah. Let's play ball. Let's go. play ball. Hey, listen, um, Lindsay. Before this show is over today, because tomorrow the Lakers are going to be playing against Minnesota, so we're off the air tomorrow. I would like to talk about WrestleMania 39 because it's a two-day affair at SoFi Stadium. There's another reason why I may not be able to go to Houston. Maybe I want to go to see WrestleMania. Well, WrestleMania, again, you could make it back by coming back on Sunday. Yeah, then I can see the big match. It was Roman Reigns against, uh, is it Cody Rhodes? Yeah, which Cody Rhodes, you know who that is? That's uh, Dusty Rhodes' son, your your buddy. I know, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. You don't know about hard times, daddy. And I know you don't know about no hard times, daddy. I'm talking to you, Beto. You don't know about the auto workers around this country out of work, can't buy their food, can't pay their wages, hard times. 
Hard times that when so, the textile workers are out of work. And hard times that when a man worked in a job for 30 years. 30 years, they give him a watch, they kick him in the butt, and they say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard times. And you don't get that, Beto. He no, doesn't. No he has no idea what you're talking about. You don't get that, man. Wait, you know, it's funny, though, Cap. We're Tell all me. quick behind the curtain here. Yeah. So when I was trying to book a guest, like a WWE, you know, WrestleMania guest, mm-hmm. obviously with us not having shows tomorrow or Wednesday and with our travel schedules and everything, it just did not work out this year, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that's one thing I was going to try and surprise you with, like a Cody Rhodes appearance, because I wanted you to do your Dusty Rhodes impression for his son and be like, hey, what do you think of this? <laughs> <laughs> that's hard times, daddy. All right. He would have been uh, like, I got to go. <laughs> yeah, it's time for Radio Tinder. All right, Lindsay Baseball, what do you got for us? All right, so a sleep expert has revealed that socks may be the key to a good night's sleep. Martin Seeley said that a recent study suggests that wearing socks to bed can help warm up your feet, which can signal to your body that it's time to sleep. This can help you fall asleep faster and experience a deeper sleep. Mm-hmm. Now, wearing socks to bed, I feel like it's always been like a hot topic of debate. So I'm going to ask you guys, do you wear socks to bed, Cappy? Swipe left or swipe right? I swipe left. I do not wear socks to bed. I mean, it would take extreme, extreme cold for me to wear socks to bed. My grandfather, when I was a little kid, always told me, never wear socks to bed. I would say, why, Grandpa? He'd say, because it makes your feet stink. I'm like, is that really true? He's like, I don't know. He's like, but uh, just don't wear socks to bed. So my whole life, I don't know why, but I feel like I've been brainwashed into not wearing socks to bed. Better, what do you say? Uh, swipe left, can't do it. Um, even when I pass out drunk with socks on, I wake up in the middle of the night and take them off. <laughs> just can't do it, man, because you get hot. You get hot. So in other words, I feel like there's there's <laughs> nothing I could do that like I could if I could wear if I had to wear socks to bed or if I was in a situation where I fell asleep with socks on like I would it would make me wake up because I would yeah. be so uncomfortable with yeah. the socks on my feet. Exactly. All right. So you pass out drunk and then in the middle of the night wake up and you're like hot and you're like, OK, what, what am I going to take off? It's the socks. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I could be fully dressed in like my jeans, my makeup, like any whatever the case is, my eyelashes. I'm I'm taking my socks off. Same. I keep mm-hmm. I leave the eyelashes on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, really? Yep. You consider taking your eyelashes off? Like, yeah. Damn, I'm hot. I got to take these eyelashes off. Like, then you got to deal with the glue. Forget it, man. That's a mess. True. <laughs> how, about, how about the extensions? You take them out, too? I no, do. I, so I have extensions, but like I, I, I in the past, I, I've had eyelash extensions for a while, but I used to wear the eyelashes. And that's the thing. You know, when you get drunk, you don't want to take your eyelashes off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> pull them. In the girl, butt. Just that, bam. Just pull them. Exactly. That is what just walk with your, your extensions in your hand. Keep going. No, right. that's okay. so gross. After the fight. <laughs> After the fight. But there's, really there's quick. Yes. Really quick. Yes. Um, so I'm someone like you guys. I can't sleep with socks on. If I do, they'll come off like randomly at night. But mm-hmm. I have learned in one of my classes that women have better O's if they have their socks on while they're better doing whoopee. Better O's whoop- if they're they doing have- whoopee. Women have well, better O's if they're wearing socks. Yeah, they have bigger O's. That's fascinating. Yeah, is that like, true? Or is that is that like proven? Is there data? Uh, yeah, there's that? data. Like I, I was in one of yeah. my classes. It makes sense, Cappy, because this the story I was reading. They talk about how like the your your nerve endings and your blood cells that circulate to your feet, and how the wearing socks makes it warmer, which is like provides a rec- relaxation and stuff. So yeah, I get that. Makes sense. Right? Makes sense. Greater O's for ladies wearing socks to bed. Interesting. Well, during whoopee. Just right. not to bed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you can't just wear socks to bed. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't. You gotta... <laughs> right, right, yeah. There's something else that has to yeah, happen. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> Understood. Okay, well, speaking of, of that, um, one man has convinced himself that he's allergic to his girlfriend because he keeps breaking out in itchy red rashes around her. The couple have spent thousands on specialists and have tried countless allergy tests, but they're still at a loss because the results show that he's not hypersensitive to anything at all. But her boyfriend still blames her for the, his rashes and has completely stopped talking to her, leaving the woman utterly distraught and confused. Very sad story here. If you had a physical rash-like reaction to your girlfriend, would you break up with her? Swipe left or swipe right? Beto, you go first. <laughs> That's a yes from him. <laughs> uh, you didn't know that question was coming. Beto's like, I'm too down. old for this. Uh, look. <laughs> First of all, I don't have a girlfriend. Um, oh, I want to make that clear right away. Hold on, no girlfriend. Hold, man, let me finish, all right? Beto is single, ladies. No, hey. no, no, no. It's not that part. So, I'm kidding. I am beyond picky 
um, and I'm also very difficult to deal with, but no. swipe right. Because if you show up and if I don't like your perfume, gone. If I don't like your hairspray, gone. Any kind of sense, like we've talked about this, I'm very sensitive to smell. So my old factories are working overtime and I don't care how hot you are, gone. So let alone if I'm getting a rash, oh, best believe I'm not even sticking around long enough to find out if I have a rash around here. <laughs> no, I'm gone. <laughs> no. And you don't have to deal with that, man. You get old. You, you should forget that. Man, oh, man, you are tough to deal with, man. I'm but but right I'm also now, very nice. Are, I'm also are, very nice. You are a tough crowd. Nah, you just got to know what you like and what you're going to deal with. Right. Like, and I'm not dealing with bad perfume. Right. Bad perfume And, will and kill. it doesn't matter if it's expensive. No, bad perfume is bad, bad perfume. Doesn't, doesn't no, no, matter. hygiene, not. Nah, nah. I'll deal with hygiene. It depends on how good you look. What? But, but the perfume, nah, I'm messing with you. <laughs> but the perfume is a deal <laughs> breaker. Perfume, no, because when you put on too, too much perfume, man. Gives you a headache. Yeah, it does give you a headache. And you're like, ah, then then the headache combined with like whatever it is you're drinking and combined with whatever, ah, forget it. Yeah. And then I'm the also, uh, I'm going to swipe left. I mean, I got to say, if if I am around my girlfriend and I have a rash, you're staying. Uh, stop I'm, it. No, I'm. I, no, listen. Here's the thing. If I were her, I'd break up with me. Hey, every time you're around me, you have a rash. I don't want to touch you or go near you. Cappy's you're putting disgusting. on poison ivy right now. Hey, I, I got. <laughs> I gotta go to San Diego State game. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta make Rachel allergic to me at the last minute. <laughs> she probably makes him anxious, and that's why he breaks out in a rash. That guy right there, yeah, maybe that's yeah, his problem. It, maybe he's made, afraid of her. Yeah, it's psychological, maybe. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Guy's petrified of that woman. But Cappy, what if let's say tomorrow? Obviously, like you, you are in love with Rachel. You even talked about maybe even like someday marrying her, right? Mm-hmm. So what if tomorrow? She developed some condition that caused you to have a, a rash every time, like you're physically close to her. Would you stay together? Uh, Just take no. some Benadryl. No, I don't think. Oh, if that, yeah, if it clears it up, yeah, sure. I mean, Benadryl without you'd have to be taking Benadryl the rest of your life. No, I don't want to do that every sleeping. day. I don't want. I don't want to take any yeah. Benadryl like that. No, because if you forget to take it, you're in trouble. Beto, Beto's like, I'm not having any of this. No, man. Beto's like waving his hands at us exactly. now. Exactly. All right. I see you. Sucka. Last one here. Um, a. Pension, pen, pensioner, I guess it's like a word for an old guy, touted as Britain's strongest grandpa, has broken the world weightlifting record at 86 years old. Uh, the super fit Brian Winslow has been bodybuilding for more than 60 years, and he still trains six days a week in his home gym. He's now broken the British and world record for deadlifting in his age group after he lifted 165 pounds on his first attempt at an international weightlifting contest. So that's pretty cool. Good job. Uh, Brian, but do you think that you guys will still pump iron when you're a grandpa? Swipe left or swipe right, Cappy? I'm going to swipe right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, I, I go to the gym now, Beto. I, I promised I would never go back to the gym because during COVID, I bought like a bench. I bought some dumbbells. I've got a Peloton. I thought, you know, I'll never go back to the gym. Well, I never work out in my house mm-hmm. and, and I don't have enough stuff. So I go to the gym. I, I bought a membership at one of these like cheap gyms. It's like $25 a month. I wind up getting in there two to three days a week. When Good. I'm in there, Good. there is this older gentleman that's in there every day. And I, he looks like some old like Marine guy. Mm-hmm. And he's probably in his 80s. And he's moving pretty slow. And he's not lifting any serious weight. But I'm like, you know what? He looks fit as hell. And it's because the guy's in the gym every day. Because he's an old guy and he's got, you know, what am I going to do in the morning? This is the way I get my day going. I work out. I see myself exercising for as long as I possibly can. Yeah, I see you do that too, Cap, because you're an athlete, a triathlete, an Ironman, all that stuff. And you just get that endorphin rush, right? So absolutely, Lindsay, I'm going to swipe right on this. Um, They said that. In order to live a longer, healthier life, you got to lift weights when you're younger. You got to build that core, the stability, right? The, the muscle density. So when I turn in my 40s, you know, everybody goes to the gym, but they never hit legs. So the last couple of years, I make sure to hit the legs twice a week to build on that and then have that strong stability. So that's one of the things that I'm focusing on as I get older. I don't really necessarily do upper body anymore. Plus, I tore my shoulder, so I can't do anything anyways. But I make sure to go and get the legs done. But I'll tell you this, Linz. There's a, a man I see on Instagram who was a, a, a teacher at my high school. He wasn't one of my teachers, Mr. Burrich. I would say Burrich is probably in his 80s, but he was a deadlifter back in the day, mm-hmm. like big weightlifter. And you still see pictures of this guy circulating around on social media where he's still wearing that 
gold gym shirt, you know, the, the kind that was like really thin cappy, like those mm-hmm. tank tops right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Where Still you got the traps. traps. Yeah. yeah. Looks yeah. like he looks like Ric Flair. So if you guys yeah. know Mr. Burridge out there in San Pedro Carson area, you know what I'm talking about. But you see yeah. these old dudes at the gym, they're they might be wrinkled. But they're jacked still, man. Yeah, yeah. That's why they're doing it. I know, man. I had this uh, band teacher when I was in seventh grade. His name was Mr. Fagan. This guy, was he looked like right? he was a freaking, like he was ready to compete that Saturday. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and every time I got in trouble in band class, he would make me do this writing assignment. Beto, he would have me write, damage to instruments is most frequently caused by inexperienced handling. And I was so afraid of the guy that I just did it. You know? <laughs> did whatever he what said. What did you play in, in junior high band? Snare drum. Snare drum. Nice. How about you? Uh, trumpet. Chair yeah. number one is Stephen White. Shout out to Mr. Powell, who was a former Marine. So, yeah, I played trumpet, man. See, that was at the problem. Is I, went over to, I went over to Danny's uh, trumpet, and I picked it up. I was like, I could play this thing. And then once I picked it up, Mr. Fagan was like, Mr. Kaplan, a hundred times, damaged instruments is most frequently caused by inexperienced handling. I have to write that sentence as small as I could on one piece of paper so I could just stick it to him that he would have to go through and count them all. With that uh, Ticonderoga pencil, right? Do you know that? Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. All right, hey, uh, Blake Harris is here next. We're going to talk about Dodgers opening day and what we are going to expect from the Dodgers this season. As you know, very well know, that Radio Tinder is brought to us by Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala. Have I satisfied everything, Laura, or am I supposed to do something else before we no, hit this good, break? you're good, you're good. Okay, just want to make sure. Blake Harris, Talking Dodgers, opening day, next on Sedano and Cap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. Come on. Love MC Hammer. Yeah. Too legit. Stanley Too Burrell. Too legit to quit. Hey, He's hey. bad boy. Yeah. Love MC Hammer. Wonder what's up with MC Hammer. I haven't spoken to MC Hammer in a long time. How about you, Beto? Hey, hey. I'm gonna text MC Hammer and see what's up. You should. You know that was the first tape or like C D whatever that like I ever owned? Was MC Hammer? I'm gonna text him right now. Hammer. Text him. Put, oh, I put put the phone up to the camera. What's up? I'll just text him right here. All right, let's see it. Let's see I've the text. Him, I've, I've got him listed as MC. You know? MC. Yeah, I've got him at MC Hammer. I just I just texted him. Hammer, what's up? I figured you'd have him listed as Hammer Time. Yeah. Nah. Nah, nah I just got him as Hammer. What, what area code Too is obvious. he in? Uh, MC Hammer, he is in area code 209. Okay, okay. Two, right. The 209 representing. You know what I'm saying? Beto, he really does know him. Yeah, I know, but just because it says MC, <laughs> I don't really believe. That he also he knows, knows that MC. other guy. Which Too short, Jay. Remember? No, no. Remember the guy that we had on the no. radio. This never mind. Anyway, positive Blake K. Said, yes, that positive guy. K. That's right. I know positive Un- K. Yes. Right. I'm down with old school rappers. No, I believe it because you're 209. That's uh, that's East Bay, that's Sacramento area. So yeah. yeah. My boy Chris Reed from Kid and Play. I'm down with old school rappers. Make no mistake. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I believe. Right. Hey, is Blake Harris ready to go? Is he ready to come on with us? All right. Here he is. Our Dodger insider, Blake Harris, is standing by to talk about the Dodgers opening day and what to expect this season from the Dodgers. Balake, good afternoon. How are you? How are we doing, fellas? Uh, Better. what's up, my man? What's up, man? I'm just reading your subsec right now. You know, I, some of us subscribe. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, most of us don't, but some of us do. <laughs> well, I mean, there's 12 million people in L.A., you know what I mean? Half a million of them subscribe to Blake's Substack, and that means that there's 11.5 million people who haven't done it yet, Blake. Sorry. I think it's the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, maybe you're right. Maybe there are 11.5 million people that have already subscribed and only 500,000 of us that have not yet. But we're coming, Blake. We're coming. I'll get you eventually, Cappy. Maybe by the uh, the time the Dodgers are doing the World Series parade in November, maybe that could be uh, the breaking point that gets you to subscribe. Well, I mean, Beto and I were having this conversation earlier. You know, are, are Dodger fans as confident going into this season as they have been in years past? What do you say? This is probably the least confident Dodger fans have been for a season, at least that I can remember. I mean, it seems like every Dodgers fan I talk to, I mean, I was even talking to one today, and she told me, I'm expecting 85 wins from the Whoa. Dodgers this year. So a lot of people are expecting the Dodgers to not only not win the division, 
either struggle to be a wild card team or potentially miss the playoffs. Now, I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a doomsday scenario. I still think the Dodgers are going to be one of the better teams in all of baseball, but it's definitely, I think, the least excited Dodgers fans have been in probably seven to eight years, I'd say. Yeah, I say I agree with you, and Dodger fans are being more realistic about it because I have a lot of friends that are texting back and forth on a group chat. like, okay, we're going to be good, but I don't know how good. But Blake, yesterday when I saw your sub stack, you said the Dodgers win 100. Why are you that confident? So the reason why my bull prediction about the Dodgers winning 100 games is because this is still a team that won 111 games last year. I do understand they lost a lot of talent. I mean, Trey Turner, Justin Turner, those are guys that are going to be really difficult to replace. But I just can't see the Dodgers having a 20-game drop-off. I don't think the talent is that you know significant. I still think they did a good job adding free agents this offseason. And I still think this is a team that can win 100 games. Will they? I would lean no. But I think at the very least, I think this is a team that can win 94 to 95 games. And I honestly do believe, like I said, 100, that is something they can achieve if you know they're able to avoid some serious injuries to some of their big-time all-stars in their lineup. All right, Blake Harris, our Dodger insider on Sedano and Cap here on 710 ESPN. So, Blake, when you talk about 111 wins last year and you say they've lost a lot of talent, to me, I guess where I, I'm looking at the Dodgers as it's no longer a strength, starting pitching. I mean, because you have Urias, who will start tonight, I mean, he's clearly your number one. And Kershaw, you know, you, you never really know how much you're going to be able to get out of Kershaw. But, you know, you're going to go into the season hoping that he's in great shape and he didn't pitch in the World Baseball Classic, and so maybe you get one more great ride with Kershaw. But after that, aren't three, four, five, six, and even if you need seven, eight, and nine in, in the, you know, the younger guys, what do the Dodgers really have be- behind their first two? Yeah, I completely agree. If there's a weakness to the Dodgers, if there's a reason that they don't win the division or they come up short of a championship this year, it's going to be because of their starting pitching. Obviously, you have Julio at the top. He is one of the five to ten best pitchers in all of baseball. But outside of him, every single guy in the Dodgers rotation is a question mark. Obviously, Clayton Kershaw, he's going to be great when he pitches, but you could probably expect him to miss one to two months at some point this year. Then you go down the list, Dustin May, he has potential, but he's still, you know, coming off a year and a half miss with Tommy John surgery. Tony Gonsolin's already on the injured list. Ryan Pepio is on the injured list now. Michael Grove is the guy with no big league experience. And there was Syndergaard. This is a guy that hasn't really looked great in the last four to five years. So, yeah, there's potential. But, you know, outside of Julio, it's a bit worrisome in regards to that starting five for the Dodgers. Like Andrew Friedman, now a decade with the Dodgers front office, right? He always finds guys that come through and the next you know, we don't know them. You do because you know them from Oklahoma City or Cucamonga. Who's the name? Or give me a couple names that this year we're like, okay, remember I told you about him in April and he's going to make some noise. Yeah, I'm going to tell this one. Beto probably already knows because he was uh, deep into that Substack article. But Shelby Miller is a name that I really think Dodgers fans should keep an eye on. This is a guy where he's been around for about a decade or so. He's bounced around from team to team. Hasn't really been all that productive in the big leagues really since, I think, 2014, 2015. But the Dodgers saw something they liked in him. They gave him a major league contract, which is a really big deal in itself. And although his outings this spring weren't all that encouraging, I think he posted an ERA close to six or seven. He did average 14 strikeouts per nine innings. He was striking out a third of the hitters he faced. So I think Shelby Miller, give him some time. I think things are going to come together. And I think he'll be the next Evan Phillips or Yancy Almonte where we're looking at July and August. And this is a guy that has an ERA maybe somewhere in the twos. He's a strikeout machine. And maybe the Dodgers trust him as an eighth or ninth inning kind of guy out of the bullpen. Like set the outfield. I mean, give us you know how you see the outfield going because, you know, like Trace Thompson did not exactly have like some monster spring, you know, and and I'm of course we're all rooting for him. And then there's talk about Mookie if he's going to play second or if he's going to be in right, depending on how many games. Um, there's just you know, Chris Taylor. There's just there are question marks in the outfield as well. It seems. Yeah, so, I mean, you're going to have Mookie Betts in right field every game. That'll be a guarantee. Obviously, he's going to be playing more second base this year. But outside of him, it is going to be moving chairs, shuffling guys on any given night. I mean, this spring, there were probably five to seven guys that were going to be competing for outfield spots. And essentially, all of them outside of rookie James Outman, 
they were really underwhelming. Trace Thompson was awful. Chris Taylor was awful. You know, they had Steven Duggar, Bradley Zimmer. They didn't really perform as well. So we'll see Mookie a lot. It sounds like uh, James Alman is going to see a lot of starts against righties. David Peralta is going to see a lot of starts against righties. So it pretty much seems that there's a righty or a lefty on a mound. It's just going to be different guys on any given night. So I wouldn't be shocked if after 162 games, you see like a, a combination of 10 to 15 different outfield combination figurines because the Dodgers are really going to be shuffling a lot of guys there this season. All right, Blake Harris on the Dodgers. Hey, Blake, um, give everybody how they can follow you. Started off with Twitter. Go for it. All right, so you guys can follow me on Twitter at Blake H. Harris. Scott, I'll give you bonus points right here if you can remember what the H stands for. Um, I think it was Humperdink, as I recall. Humberto. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's somewhat close. I'll throw this out there for those new ones that are listening. Hoherd. The middle name, Hoherd. That's Ho-herd. where you can find me. Blake H. Harris. Hoherd. not that far off from Hoherd. No, you're, you're pretty close. But uh, what, what was Beto's? Beto's, seriously, again, I liked what yours was. <laughs> it's my name, Umberto. 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 Yeah. See. Blake Umberto Harris. That's actually not bad either. Yeah, we got a couple of those in the family. Well, <laughs> there you go. And, all right. Well, you, you can got, find me on Twitter. Yeah, at Blake H. Harris. And then Substack for everybody who's still remaining out there who has not yet subscribed. If you want to uh, be not like Cap, you guys can go find me on Substack. Lots of articles coming this season. Uh, BlakeHarris.substack.com. Got a lot of great content. Looking forward to it. A lot of great bonuses and perks if you subscribe. But uh, Cap, gets those on a week-to-week basis because <laughs> I like I like to uh, be nice. Uh, well, hey, Blake, it's great to talk to you. Uh, I know you're going to be watching this Dodger game tonight. Have fun with it, and uh, we'll talk to you next Thursday. And by the way, you know, you're welcome to join us Monday at Yamava. Gary Payton's going to be there, the glove. I, I heard, you know, when you guys were there a couple weeks ago, I was in Vegas. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it. But uh, the things I'm hearing about Yamava, I, I might have to pull through and uh, catch up with you guys and meet the glove and uh, watch, a, watch a great championship game. All right. All right. There you go. Blake H. Harris on Twitter. Blake, we'll talk to you next week. Hey, coming up, what we all need to know first, and then predictions are starting to come in that based on what the Lakers did last night, they can win the Western Conference and play in the NBA championship. We'll get to that story coming right back. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN.